little bit different rendition there than some of us are used to. But it does express that message that Luther wanted proclaimed. We're going to look at that in just a little bit different way now. Based on Romans 3. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law we become conscious of sin. But now a righteousness from God apart from law has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Reformation. Why do we celebrate this day? Is it because Martin Luther nailed 95 theses on a door, or 95 ideas that he wanted to discuss on a door of a church? Or in so doing, the fact that he started what many would call the Protestant Revolution of his day? Or was it because it's the birth of Lutheranism as we know it? Those things are all true. But that's not why we celebrate the, Rev the Reformation. Not at all. We celebrate the Reformation because the Reformation answers the big question once again. It's the big question because it's the question that has been causing problems for mankind since the beginning. I personally think it's the big question that was the problem between Cain and Abel from the very beginning. It was the problem for Abraham to deal with, Moses to deal with. Jesus had problems dealing with people and understanding the big question. Paul continued this discussion of the big question. Luther had to deal with it, and you and I in our world today deal with the same question. And what is that question? What's the big question of the Reformation? It is how. How? How are we made right with God? How do we get in that right relationship with the Creator? With our God? How? How are we, how do we get there? And through all the ages, there have been proposed basically two answers to that question of how. One of those answers deals with works. The other one deals with faith. And basically it comes down to this kind of a discussion. How are we made right with God? Do we earn it? Or is it a free gift that we are given from God? Is it a matter of the righteousness of man? Something that man does to make himself right with God? Or is it a righteousness of God? Something that God does 
to make us righteous with Him. In other words, it's a matter of focus. Is it a focus on man? Or is it a focus on God? When I get God up there, there He is. Do we, when we answer this question of how, do we focus on mankind, on our human nature, ourselves? Or do we focus on God? Ultimately, from the time of Moses on, it has become a question of law or gospel. How are we made right with God? Is it a matter of the law? Or is it a matter of the gospel? So let's take a look at these two. Law or gospel? Law. Law has everything to do with must. I must do this or I must do that. I must not do this or I must not do that. I sin and I must make up for those sins. So I must do good in order to make up for the bad. But how much is enough good? And how much must I do to get there? We don't know. When is enough enough? And because we don't know, then the law brings uncertainty. Uncertainty. I don't know for sure. Is the good that I do, have done enough good to make over for the sins that I have done? Is the good that I do good enough to be good? Have I got enough there? When I'm dealing with all my thoughts, words, actions, attitudes, and everything else, when is enough enough? I don't know. I don't know if I've gotten there yet. I don't know, and so it becomes a struggle. It becomes a battle. As we fight on, and we fight on trying to get enough. And we're never certain. And because we're never certain, then there is... Where's the next one? I don't think this thing's got enough battery to it. Boy, there you go. I told you I wasn't going to need the back button. Guess what? <laughs> Let's get back here. Okay. Technology is wonderful, isn't it? Ah, and you wonder why very few of my sermons ever use these things. Okay. Because of the battle, because of our uncertainty, we live in fear if we work from the law. Because as God is an angry God who hates sin, when are we pleasing Him enough? We're always afraid. We're always afraid that we haven't done enough. And so we fight on. Because we fear hell. We fear that God's going to punish us if we don't get it done right. And because of that fear, you saw the next one, slavery. We are in bondage to sin. Not only do we sin because we have a sinful nature, but we are in bondage to sin because we're always trying to make up for the sin. And so we do more, and we try more, and we try more, and we're slaves to that. 
every hour of every day. We have to fight on just to try and make it right. Ultimately, it becomes hopelessness. It's a hopeless battle, and I never know if I've won. And woe the struggle that is there, because it's hopeless. That's one answer to how do we make ourselves right with God. The other answer is gospel. Gospel, instead of a must, deals with grace. The grace of God. That undeserved love and kindness, mercy of God, where God comes and takes care of the problem for us. He sends His Son to suffer and die to take away our sins. Jesus lives on this earth that perfect life that we've been striving so hard to do, He did it for us. And in the grace of God, He gives it to us as a free gift. Through faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus. The Gospel says there is certainty. Certainty because God has already gained the victory. God has destroyed your sin. You don't have to need, you don't need to worry about them anymore. He has taken them away. He has removed them as far as the east is from the west. He has washed them clean in His blood. They don't count anymore. You have, through faith in Jesus Christ, eternal life, salvation, and heaven. And it's guaranteed. Because Christ earned it because Christ has made the way and through faith in him there's no uncertainty it's yours that certainty replaces fear with forgiveness now instead of being afraid of our God we can bring our sins to him we can confess them knowing that he forgives and removes them, knowing that He blesses us, and it's enough. And oh, the freedom that that brings to us. No longer slaves, no longer fighting a battle to try and please God, but knowing that God is pleased with us in Christ. Our life takes on a whole different perspective, doesn't it? Not freedom to sin, but freedom from our sin. Freedom from the battle. Freedom to use our life in a whole different way. In a way that shows the love of God and the mercy of God and the grace of God and the caring of God. It is a life free to serve our God, not to fight to please Him. A life free free of the burden, free to go out and to serve our God. It is a life of hope. Hope knowing that heaven is our home. Hope knowing that whatever problems we go through, 
We have a loving, merciful, gracious God who walks through those problems with us and strengthens us for the journey ahead. It is the hope of knowing that ultimately, in the end, ours is the victory through Jesus Christ. This is the Gospel. Now, as you look at those two possibilities of answers, which one would you choose for yourself? Answer's pretty obvious, isn't it? We would choose that one, right? Wipe out the other side completely. And if that isn't enough, then there's another part of this big question. This question of, is it law or is it gospel? Law comes from a basic assumption that is wrong. If you're going to answer the big question, how do I get right with God by the use of the law, you're coming from a wrong assumption. You're assuming that the answer to doing that, to being right, the answer to overcoming sin is to do enough good to overcome the sin. That's a false assumption. Back when Adam and Eve were in the garden and the Lord says, don't eat of the fruit. He says, if you eat of the fruit, in other words, if you sin, then you will what? Die. Paul will tell us in Romans, the wages of sin is death. Not law. The wages of sin is not doing. The wages of sin is dying. To try and do to overcome sin is like taking Monopoly money down to the grocery store and expecting to be able to buy your food with it. It doesn't work. It's the wrong stuff. The wages of sin is death, the Scriptures say. You want to pay for your sin, you want to earn it, then you die. You die to God. That's what the law says. You, the only way you can earn it is die to God. <laughs> and that defeats the whole purpose. Yet people will strive on, won't they? They'll fly on and try harder and try harder and be frustrated because it doesn't work. Or they'll take the other side and they'll reject God. God doesn't exist. I don't believe in God. It's all about me. I'm just going to live my life to the best of my ability the way I want to live it. And the focus goes on man again. And they strive and they do and they live. The problem is living for themselves, they find that that life is very fleeting, very unsatisfying. They need more and more and more. And life becomes basically meaningless. Neither solution works. The only answer, the only answer to the question, how, how do I become right with God, is the one that Paul gives. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith 
apart from observing the law? The answer is faith in the gospel. That's it. That's our only way. Now during these last few months, you've been hearing some phrases, and I'd like to touch base with that, because I think this is good stuff, especially on Reformation. One of those phrases has been rooted in time. As a congregation, as St. Lawrence congregation, we are rooted in time. Rooted, though, not just in our own history, but rooted in the Reformation and the timeless gospel. Think about it. When our ancestors came here, what was their purpose but to share the gospel? The good news of salvation in Jesus Christ to those who were here who didn't know it. They, our ancestors, were rooted in the Reformation. And our history is rooted there as well as in what we have done with it as a congregation through time. And if we want to talk about relevant today, what is more relevant in a society that rejects God, that seeks out pleasure and all of that and finds it meaningless and useless and unsatisfying? In this kind of a society in which we live, do we not need to be relevant? Which means, do we not need to share the grace, forgiveness, and hope of the gospel in all that we do? In all of our worship styles, wherever they may be located, in our school, here, through the LWML, at the 9.30 service, we commissioned another mission team to go to Nicaragua through those mission teams, through our Bible study, through our Stephen ministry. Whatever we do here at St. Lawrence to be relevant today, is it not to share the gospel, the good news of forgiveness and grace and hope? And when we talk about reaching for tomorrow, Pastor Brandt said it last week, it is to teach the next generations the love of God in Christ. Whatever we do today, as we prepare for the future, as we prepare for tomorrow, it is to look to that goal so that in all that we do, for all generations, it is to share the love of God in Christ Jesus. That's the Reformation. That's St. Lawrence living in the Reformation. And that's why we celebrate it. And I think that prayer that has been suggested through this time, Lord, what do you want to do through me to accomplish your will, is a wonderful prayer that we ought to be praying regularly. What do you want to do through me to accomplish your will in my life, at my work, through this congregation, this church. Lord, guide us through the gospel that that answer may be there 
always for everyone. May God grant it in Jesus' name. Amen.